Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. This week, we continue our discussion of happiness, but may I begin by asking you this question. If someone presented you with a proven method to create a happiness plan, a plan that could make you positive and joy-filled for the rest of your days, regardless of the immediate circumstances that you face, would you be willing to stick with it for at least the next 30 days? Well, I trust all of you answered yes, because what possibly could be more beneficial than a sunny outlook on life day in and day out, even on those days when everything doesn't go your way? And the good news, my guest today, award-winning coach and author Ted Larkins, is here to introduce us to his get-to principle, and do a series of exercises that can help you develop your very own personal happiness plan. And here's Ted Larkin's bio. He's a 30-year veteran of the entertainment industry, having worked with celebrities you may have heard of, including Bon Jovi, Celine Dion, and uh, Jack Nicholas. He's an accomplished business executive and entrepreneur who co-developed an international licensing company uh, based in Tokyo, Japan, He's author of Get to Be Happy, The Companion Guide. He just released this in November of 2018 as a follow-up to his award-winning title, Get to Be Happy, Stories and Secrets to Loving the S-H asterisk T out of life, the old S word. And he's presented his Get to Principle all around the USA, most recently at UCLA and NYU. And hello, Ted Larkin, and a hearty welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Roy, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for that fine introduction. Well, let's start from the beginning. Please inform us, what is the get-to principle? So, you know, Roy, we, um, we're born, and most people think that the first words we learn are, you know, mama or dada. But <laughs> I think the first words we learn are, I have to. And I tell you, it's just, you know, we, we live in a society where we just go around saying, I have to. I, I, I have to do the dishes. I have to play with my kids. I have to go to work. And what happens is we get stuck in this, like, this negative viewpoint of life. It's like we're a victim to life. Yeah, and, and we, what, it, we also use that as an excuse for not doing what we really want to do because I have it, to do something else. Exactly. It's so true. And what I learned, I had some experiences in life, Roy, and I realized that instead of saying I have to, if I simply said the words I get to, it shifted my whole viewpoint on life and I became happier. And I developed this, the get to principle. And as you said, my book, Get to Be Happy. And it's really, it's about shifting your viewpoint and going from the victim of I have to play with my kids to I get to. And as soon as you say I get to, you're, full, you're filled with compassion for others that don't have what you have and great appreciation for what you do have. 
Yeah, and that, those it. are the two positive outcomes you talk about but, uh, when is. you start using that get-to principle. When you think yeah. of, like you point out, when you think of all the people in the underdeveloped countries or elsewhere in the world or even in the slums of our cities or places where uh, they just don't have the privileges that so so many of us have, that uh, we don't really think about that because we only, yeah. only think about our own deprivations all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's all relative, right? And so, look, I also want to be clear. I'm not saying you don't have to do these things. I mean, if you don't do the dishes, they pile up and stink. Or if you don't go to work, you know, you don't get paid and you, you can't pay your bills. I get that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that when you're doing the dishes, and I just use that as an example, and you can just say, I get to, and you're kind of grumbling doing it, all of a sudden you realize, look, 20,000 people will die of starvation on the planet today. We can't, you know, just have some compassion. It's not feeling sorry. Oh, it's just a moment of compassion. And then you say, I get to, again, and in that moment you have great appreciation. Wow, I just had a meal. And it just, you lighten up, and you start having great gratitude for what you do in life. And you can apply it to playing with your kids or, you know, anything that you do in life. It's yeah, really and that especially fun. is something that's fun if you have the right attitude toward it or playing with your dog or whatever. Yes, exactly. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. Well, on your website, you reference the five keys to happiness. What are mm-hmm. these five keys? Well, the keys are really simple. First of all, you have to have a you have to have a purpose in life. You have to wake up. You have to think. Ah, there's more to just you know the gathering up of things um, and just doing life. You got to have a you got to look for and say, wow, I'm doing this for something. Uh, yeah. The second key. The second key is uh, this is part of the get to is having uh, compassion for others because with compassion and really feeling what others are going through, you start to uh, feel a sense of joy in yourself. The next one is you feel uh, you feel gratitude for what you have. It's really a beautiful uh, state of mind to be in, and you know people people really need to look at having more gratitude. I think it's really uh, one aspect that we kind of lose sight of. Uh, the, yeah, and then the other key is to to realize that other people may may or may not be happy. See, we spend a lot of time judging ourselves against others. We look, oh, they're happy, poor me. Oh, they must be happy. Look, everybody has gone through struggles and challenges in life. And, you know, when you see somebody, don't judge yourself against them. Just look at yourself and say, do I in this moment, do I have the capacity to just smile and be happy? Yeah, it's so true. You know, when somebody insults us or does something that, offensive to us so often it's because those people are suffering it has nothing to do with us but we always personalize it and say they're out to get us <laughs> yeah yeah really and most people most people are out just to do it just to figure it out for themselves yeah. i mean my one of my things roy is we're born and then we die and in between we get to do this thing called life <laughs> and the, the, the whole point is just like look just do what you can to shift your your attention or change your outlook just a little bit to head towards being happy. Yeah, and well, if you, you just say do that life little itself bit, is a miracle if we would just recognize that. It's so true. Can can you imagine? I mean, we're looking out through these eyes that interpret this experience called life and the, oh, it's a, it's a it's a miracle of yeah. you know of a human condition for sure. Well, you gave me four. What's the fifth key to happiness? Oh, the fifth thing. One of the biggest things, I think, is we have this this um, feeling or, or belief that if you're rich 
or you're, you know, if you get more things, you're going to be happy. And Roy, I promise, I've had dinner with billionaires and 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 drinks with rock stars, and finding happiness in them has been it's not it's not always there. And yet, I've meditated with monks in the mountains of Hiroshima, Japan. I met Mother Teresa in Calcutta, India, and these people have really nothing, and they have incredible joy. And so, what I've realized is, it's really it is in us to decide to be happy. It's not the things that we have. And just realizing that, that's a huge key to our lives. You have everything you need right now to be happy. Well, you also indicate that there are four myths about happiness. Please identify these yes. myths and perhaps suggest how we can get over them. <laughs> yes. So the myths, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things in there about you know how we how we think we should be um be this or be that or um and um one of the things that i really like to really like to talk about is how um oh, where the myth um where where other people are doing things and you know having this incredible life and this kind of goes with one of the keys right but that they're having this wonderful life and that we should be having it too and that's really it's just not true that's not how it works um, you know, we we as human beings have the ability, and this is this is kind of the theme throughout my you know throughout the book, as you can tell. We have the ability really to choose how we are, yeah. and I think that is what um, what we really need to look at. Um, the other one of the other myths uh, that's kind of as an overview is this thing that I call attainitis. We just love to attain things. It's like a, it's like a sickness, and I call it attainitis. Look. You know, I have a 13 and 10 year old, and they're you know they're online and they're they want to get stuff, and we just as a family because we recognize this, we say, is that just why do you want that? Why do you need that? And when you can start to look at yourself, you say, wow, okay, I don't need that, and you start really uh, uh, you know waking waking up to it. And then the last one that I'll just touch on here, um, the myth is that it's selfish to be happy. Um, you know, when you're in an airplane, what do they say? When the oxygen masks drop, put yours on first and then yeah. help the other. Look, we always think we feel sorry. We feel bad for people. We don't think it's okay to be happy. That's not the truth. The truth is be happy because how can you share love and happiness unless with others unless you get there That's first? That's so true. It's and, like we said in a prior show, you can't love others unless you love yourself either. And that, that's part of being happy, obviously. Is that, that is it. That is respect. it. So love yourself. Really start there. Really know that it's okay to do that. I think a lot of us think, oh, with all the suffering and challenges that people are having, it's not okay to be happy. And yeah. I just say, no, get happy and then share that with the world. That's yeah, what if you watch doing. these 24-hour news channels with all the unhappiness in the world, you feel guilty being yeah. happy. No, exactly. And I think we need to we need to get over that as, as much as we can. And, and look, this isn't all utopian. Oh, just get over it and be happy. There are challenges, Roy. I know. Yeah. I Look, a number of years ago, I lost my daughter. She died yeah. at birth. And um, I went through, you know, it was a very challenging, a grief, a grief-stricken time for sure. But at some point, I decided that it was okay. In fact, I, from fifth, you know, the five stages of grief that end with acceptance, I yeah. said I added sixth one. I call it the sixth stage, which is celebration. At some point, after you've grieved, after you've, you know, cried and done, gone through the process, when you're ready to say, "Wow, I want to celebrate that person. I want to celebrate that life." 
And in doing that, again, you come back to the state of giving love back to the world. And yeah. I think that's what the world needs from us, Roy. They need us to be happy. They need us to share love. And the more we can each do that, the better the world becomes. Yeah, I really paid attention to that uh, chapter about your daughter, Cole Grace, because we had oh, a yeah. 30-year-old daughter, Kristen, who was a Navy pilot and uh, got out of the Navy, and she was flying this silly banner to fly over the San Diego Chargers football game and it crashed into the ground and she died and uh, you know for years we went through those stages of grief but yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I've gotten to the point where I celebrate her life now and of course uh, got that, the signs that, that she's doing better if you look at life as just one part of a continuum for the soul then yeah. you don't feel so bad when one of, oh, one that, of that's, <laughs> that's, that's beautiful, yeah. The sixth stage, if you can get to that state, and bless you for doing that, because I can even feel in you that you're, you give love back to the world with your show and with, you know, you're choosing to bring people that are speaking about happiness onto your show. That's, that's a beautiful thing. That's really incredible. Yeah, well, in your book, Get to Be Happy, you present the mantra that you like to recite throughout the day. What is that mantra, and why do you think it works so well for you? Well, it's called, so the get to mantra is, it goes like this. You say, in any situation, or even if you have a thought, you say, I get to, and then you smile, and then you do it. And the mantra is, get to, smile, do it. And the way it works is when you say, I get to, as we've talked about, you automatically feel uh, compassion and you feel appreciation. That's just a natural thing. So you say, I get to. Then you smile. And when you say smile and then you deliberately smile, you know, when you smile, you, you give off positive endorphins and you automatically feel joy. It's like fake it till you make it, right? And you yeah. deliberately smile and you feel happy. And then from that state, when you do it, do whatever you're going to do, then you are no longer a victim. You are in charge of your life. Yeah. And so as you go through your day and you say get to, smile, do it. It just changes the whole, and better things start happening. You have a better outlook. And, look, I use it 50 times a day, no matter what I'm doing. I'm cleaning the cat box. I say, ah, get to, smile, clean the cat box. <laughs> and it, and I brought, it worked. It worked. <laughs> well, let's get back to this get-to principle. Let's say that I'm on my way home from work today, and I'm seriously injured in a car wreck. It puts me into intensive care for a week, then flat on my back in the hospital for two months, followed by six months of frustrating, painful rehab. Are you telling me that I should look favorably upon uh, getting to experience this traumatic accident? <laughs> well, <laughs> I've never been... Else, I'll skip that one. <laughs> yeah. Listen, the truth is, yes, I have been with some uh, some incredible people with incredible stories. One friend of mine is quadriplegic. He broke oh, wow. his neck in our pool. And when he read my book when, and he, you know, learned about the get-to principle, he had a change in his, the way he viewed life. And huh. he said, oh, I get to. Okay, I can be a victim if I want, and that's how I'll live out my days. Or I can say I get to and smile and change the trajectory of my life. It's my choice. Now, and Look, so I've never been in quality of life to be had, even if you are a paraplegic, if you have that kind is. of an attitude. Yeah, exactly. There are so many people on, you know, some YouTube videos I've seen that, you know, there's one guy, I can't come, I don't remember his name, but he, he doesn't have arms or legs. Hmm. And he is this inspirational speaker out there. Yeah. Because, and he's, he's amazing. He has millions and millions of followers. And I tell you, you just search for that. There are, so it is a choice. 
And I'm not saying that it's not a challenge, Roy. You and I both have experienced that. I think everybody listening has had challenges or, you know, have grieved or have been in the hospital or are suffering. But again, it's, it's, it's meant as often as you can to make that choice. And that's where this tool, Get To, comes in. Because just saying that, you start to just, you do get a glimpse of, oh, okay, I, I'll, it'll be okay, even in intensive care. Well, like it or not, each one of us is but a tiny part of a vast universe, continuing, as you point out, continuing emerging uh, all around us. What mm-hmm. is the only power that you and I have over our daily lives, and why does routinely using this power make such a tremendous positive difference in how happy we are? What is you know, that one power we have? The one power we have is the choice, the choice to how we look at life. Um, I don't, you know, the, the uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who was in, uh, you know, the, the concentration camp, yeah. his book and how he changed and he lost everything and, and the suffering, but he came out and said it was ma- his choice, his, his ability to decide was the, wow. the determining factor in his happiness for the rest, you know, for the rest of his life. And I believe that is what it is. Yeah, well, that's wonderful. Well, as a final question in your Get to Be Happy Companion Guide, you promised 36 uh, practices that will change our lives and make us happy. Can you please describe maybe two or three of these practices, that, some that have worked especially well for you? I know we don't have time to go through all 36. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, I tell you there, um, one of the things that I, the, bi- the biggest one I say is, is in, the, in the companion guide, uh, the first practice is uh, saying, I get to practicing that throughout your day. And there's a chart in the book where every day that you've said I get to over and over, you know, five, ten times, you mark off, yes, I did it. And you do that for 30 days, just get in that habit. It changes everything. My kids, we all all do that. And then the other practice that I really uh, enjoyed is um, as you, as I look back on my life and some of the mean things that I, I did is in, in high school when I look back and I thought, boy, you know, saying I'm sorry to people is a huge, huge thing for ourselves and for the other person. So I, one of the practices is to reach back in time um, to somebody that you may have been even just a little bit mean to and apologize and say, look, I'm sorry I did that. It was wrong, and um, I, I get to apologize to you, and uh, and I hope that's okay. And I tell you, I did that to you know I'm 56 years old. I did to a guy, a, a guy in in my band in my band in high school back in when I was 16. And I found him on Facebook, and I I said I'm really sorry. I re- I was mean to you, and we had, he wrote back this most incredible letter and said thank you so much. It was beautiful and powerful. Highly recommended as a get-to practice. That's great. Well, let's talk briefly about your acclaimed 2017 book, Get to Be Happy, and the recently released Companion Guide. In the preface to your 2017 book, you proclaim that this book is going to change your life. If there were one positive message you would like readers to take away from the book, what would it be? Wow, there's there's a lot in there, and um, the biggest the biggest thing is really to uh, make the choice to say I get to really move from the victim and uh, step in and 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 really 
decide to be happy and not be happy, just be, not just be happy, Roy. This is really about um, stepping out of the structure that we have, the, the everyday of complaining and, and moaning, which we all do, and I, 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 I'm, I'm guilty of it too, but to step, to suspend your, your, the way you have your dialogue in your mind, yeah. step out of that and say, I get to hmm, maybe be happy. And quit and that's worrying so much about uh, you know what you have to do for somebody else. You you, you want to do it for somebody else because that's mm-hmm. the only way really to have long term happiness is to uh, reach out to others. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Very very very. It's wonderful if you, when you start thinking like this. And and I just want to be clear. I'm not again. This isn't utopian. I have tough days. We all have tough days. But more and more that we can all change out and look at our lives from this outside perspective of get to can really do, I think it helps the world. And that's my message to people. Let's well, all get out there. Yeah, your new companion guide. Should our listeners consider buying this book only if they presently own the uh, original 2017 book? Or can no, uh, we use this one by itself? Or- Yep, it's a standalone. It's a standalone guide um, that you can certainly use, and then uh, you can complement it with the uh, the uh, Get to Be Happy book itself, which has the stories that kind of uh, give it a little bit of uh, color, I think. But it's, it, it is a standalone. It has a book. lot of uh, exercises right in that companion it book, does. I guess, where you can write right in the book. And, uh... Exactly, that's exactly right. It's a great if you do each of the chapters, you can go in order or go however you want and do the practices. But do the practices, you know, a little bit each day. It really, the feedback I'm getting are people are just waking up and saying, wow, how I get to? This is cool. Okay. And I'm experiencing almost miracles in their lives. Well, that's wonderful. Where's the best place to go to buy Get to Be Happy in the brand new uh, companion uh, guide? Where do we, we go you, for that? Yeah, you can get both of them um, on Amazon, of course, Get to Be Happy, or at my website, tedlarkins.com. And uh, on there, I also offer a free uh, happiness coaching session. Yeah, uh, that sounds great. <laughs> yep, I, you can go to my site, tedlarkins.com, and they're right there on that page. You can just click a button. It says sign up for your free coaching call, and I love to do that. I love to share uh, the Get To principle with people, hear what they have going on, because it's my way of kind of giving back to the world. And yeah. If I do that in my little way, I, I, I know that it will come back for me and everybody else. And yeah, so, even if they don't so, choose to go forward with the coaching, that, that free session is, is well worth the effort. It is. I Yeah, and I say, and I'm very clear, this isn't about me. You know, of course, some people decide to continue on because they, yeah. they want to get more coaching, but that's not the point. The point really is about me being able to share this message because that's what the world needs. And if I can do that for 30 minutes with somebody who's, have, you know, struggling a little bit and, and, and wants to hear a little, hear about it, that's Plenty, and I love to do it. I recommend every. I well, recommend and welcome everybody. That's wonderful. In, in conclusion, uh, how has the new year been going for you thus far? Are you feeling stressed out? Are you lacking inspiration? Are you prepared <laughs> to find more joy more often in everyday living? Are you ready to make happiness a lifelong habit? Well, if you said yes to any of these questions, Ted Larkins. Uh, uh, his Get to Be Happy books and his information-packed website are the great places to be. And like me, you'll be inspired by the up-and-down experiences that Ted has lived through. Uh, tough and, uh, more importantly, uh, some of them have been tough, some of them have been great. Uh, and more importantly, with his Get to principles, he's conditioned himself to adopt 
and why not do the same? What do you got to lose by not uh, committing yourself to being happy? Yes, I love it. Just commit to being happy and just just do it. And um, I think I think things really start. You know, one of the things that I that I'll end with here is that um, when you start when you start um, looking at things not as a problem but as a creation that you want to create, you can really start changing. And I think that's where with people with New Year's resolutions, for example, I want to lose weight. Well, you look at weight, losing weight is a problem that you have to get over. And that's the beginning of challenge and struggle. And then you get over it and you think I've I've overcome the mountain. I've I've made my objective. And then so often people go gain the weight all all back again rather than... uh, Change that's your right. whole attitude toward life and that's it you know, and the whole thing is to change the whole thing is to change to to creating what do you want to create i want to create being healthy okay yeah. that that is your new year's resolution and when you have that then the other things take care of themselves yeah well i love it how ted uh, sums it up on his website happiness shouldn't be a goal it should be a habit <laughs> And who can disagree with that? And thanks a million, uh, Ted Larkins, for uh, being with us here today and continued success on the sale of your book and in your happiness coaching and in all that you do, because the message certainly is timely. Awesome, Roy. Thank you so much for having me here. Really grateful to, to be able to speak with you. Boy, that Ted Larkins is one positive guy, isn't he? <laughs> what a great uh, example for all of us. And on our previous January 14th and January 28th programs, you may recall that I spelled out Commandments 1 through 6 of my Ten Commandments for Midlife Renewal. And to close today's program, as a follow-up to Ted, I will present Commandments 7 through 10. And here we go. Commandment number 7, I will treat renewal as a major life project. You know, there aren't any free lunches in this world. And to really transform or to accomplish anything, we have to work at it. And that doesn't mean it can't be fun while we're working at it. But this uh, seventh commandment uh, simply reminds us to consider midlife transformation as a fundamental life-altering project of highest priority because nothing in life comes easy. And once committed, I trust you'll approach renewal with the same diligence and urgency you would give to any other destiny-changing event. In truth, what could be more important than happiness for the rest of your life? In fact, I suggest you make yourself these following three promises. Promise one, midlife renewal is not a passing fancy. I hereby commit to dedicate whatever time and effort is required to accomplish complete and permanent positive transformation in my life. And uh, promise two, I will obtain uh, advice and participation from my spouse and family, and then we will all work together to prepare a realistic financial contingency plan so that immediate monetary pressures will not distract me or keep me from really looking at uh, the basic questions I need to address on how to become happy, uh, earning a living while enjoying my life, uh, lifestyle changes that we might need to make. You know, there's nothing more disruptive from real midlife transformation than to worry about paying the bills. So get that taken care of in advance. And promise number three, I absolutely refuse to abandon essential renewal objectives 
just because of uh, unanticipated challenges, obstacles, or disappointments. So you didn't get that uh, ideal job you were looking to <laughs> would uh, transform your whole career, or uh, the new business failed that you were attempting to start up, you couldn't get financing. Just don't give up. Keep searching for new ways to reach those objectives that you have in mind for your life. And this may sound foolish, but I recommend that you treat midlife renewal like you would any uh, with the same urgency you bestowed on prior life-altering transitions like courtship and marriage. I know that sounds silly, but it's not. Birth of your first child, landing your uh, first real job, or purchasing your first home because no project on the horizon offers greater promise to favorably transform your life than middle-age renewal. And for the first time in years, you have the potential to experience uh, truly uh, and, uh, delightful and purposeful, uh, joyous daily living at peace with yourself and others. And that's about as good as it can come. Commandment number eight says, I will renew both my body and my mind. And this renewal remi- commandment reminds you that uh, you need to review uh, renewal both as a physical and mental process. This applies more to some than to others, of course. In addition to uh, transforming your mindset and emotions, you may need to renew your body as well. Quite honestly, it may prove extremely difficult to approach the future with unbridled optimism and vitality if your uh, uh, mind and spirit continue to reside in a soft 50-pound overweight body or maybe an anemic ultra-thin body either. If you presently are significantly overweight, unhealthy, or out of shape, I highly recommend that you initiate a physician-approved diet and exercise regimen And as your body begins to firm, your outlook on life will firm up as well. And through the process of getting in shape, you will gain early confidence in your ability to alter other unfavorable life circumstances. It's a real uh, emotion boost when you lose weight and keep it off and feel better. Uh, And with a slimmed-down body, you will be more fully prepared to meet the challenges of a reinvigorated daily lifestyle. And that's your ultimate objective, isn't it? Healthy diet and exercise will help you relax and sharpen your instincts, and a worthy goal is to end each day pleasantly tired but not exhausted mentally or physically, and moderate exercise, maybe just a walk in the woods or maybe something more strenuous than that, will help us ensure restful nights, restoring strength for tomorrow's challenges. Let's talk about commandment number nine. I will begin to behave like I have changed. Our ninth commandment urges you to begin thinking and behaving like a transformed person even before the final results are in. You need not wait until you change jobs or adopt a radically different lifestyle to begin thinking and behaving like a winner. If you're looking for a job, think like someone who already has found one or one who knows exactly what you're looking for and are confident that you can fulfill that position. You certainly do not require anyone else's assurance that you have changed. The only affirmation you need comes from within when you think about it. And to uh, speed your emotional transition, first visualize every day the precise image of the person you seek to become and then strive consciously at every opportunity to act out that part. 
You know, as small children, we all knew that imagination really does work. Most of us imagined ourselves as cowboys, sports stars, action heroes, rock singers, power rangers. Maybe they weren't around when we were kids, I don't know. Uh, Figure skating champions, Olympic gymnasts. We cherished acting out those roles in our fantasy. And when we were eight years old, nobody had yet informed us that we simply weren't good enough. So why can't we uh, have the confidence that we're good enough now? As commandment number nine, I ask you to reclaim that one small miracle of childhood, your capacity to imagine, act out, and behave, and really believe in your dreams. And this ninth commandment uh, simply encourages you to employ uh, visualization to help speed transition from dream to reality. At this point, you may be unclear on the precise methods you will employ to accomplish your intended life outcomes, but nothing need stop you from immediately visualizing a favorable outcome, filling in the details as you go along mentally. In the absence uh, at present of an uh, immediate plan of attack, should in no way discourage you from drawing vivid mind pictures of you thinking and behaving like a renewed winner, the person you're seeking to become. So long as you move beyond simple daydreaming to begin design and implementation of a realistic plan of action, and so long as you remain optimistic, slowly but surely you will become the person of your dreams, a renewed midlife individual. And the final commandment, number 10, I shall seek to expand my circles of cooperation. You know, our tenth and final commandment recommends that you advance your post-renewal life agenda through a series of ever-expanding networks of transitory and permanent circles of cooperation. And truth be be told, no one really expands their life and improves their life uh, by working solely alone. You can follow the commandments by viewing the the attack of any challenge, large or small, as a cooperative venture, which really it needs to be. Now, you must never forget that cooperation requires give and take. Potential recruits to your circle must anticipate monetary and or psychic reward or maybe uh, something good happening to them like getting their car out of the snow, uh, a reward sufficient to entice them to enter and remain in partnership with you. And in seeking cooperation from others, you must demonstrate solid intentions in advance to uphold your end of the bargain. You know, if they help you get your snow car out of the snow, you stick around to help them. That makes sense, doesn't it? And for business ventures, you and fellow recruits will need to ensure a proper mix of unique capabilities and technical expertise, established friendships, and similarity of interest are highly beneficial, but they may prove insufficient unless accompanied by the necessary diversity of talents. And circles of cooperation may be formal or informal, constant or fluid, permanent or transitory. Effective alliances come together to accomplish mundane short-term tasks, like pushing cars out of a snowdrift or removing weeds from a vacant lot in the neighborhood. Uh, Circles are also formed to accomplish critical long-term projects, like launching a new business, uh, expanding your church uh, 
maybe the uh, sanctuary at your church, uh, recruiting a group of people uh, and a volunteer organization to accomplish some local task. And regardless of your ultimate lifelong objectives, my advice to you remains the same. Seek out cooperation from those around you and every opportunity for a mutual advantage. In concluding today's program, I urge you to cast off all any lingering doubts, fears, or prior inhibitions because this very day you are initiating the mid-course correction which will lead ultimately to total peace of mind, joyful living, and a uniformly positive outlook on today and tomorrow, the new you, in other words. uh, Your fresh new attitude will help ensure accomplishment of every remaining life objective that's truly important to you. And you can launch your journey to a brighter tomorrow this very day. This is the beginning of the rest of your life. Uh, Start by beginning to paint vivid mind pictures of a transformed you. What will you really look like when you're that person you really want to be? A new, improved version brimming with self-confidence, loving yourself. Don't forget that aspect. It's not selfish. It's necessary and positive expectations. And as you continue over the next 30 days or whatever it takes to focus on every aspect of the person you seek to become, this positive, self-assured individual will begin to emerge from within. And please remember this improved version of you accomplishes all of the proven known strengths from your past, bolstered by a freshly uncovered talents that you never even knew you had and a newfound confidence that you really have a place in society and you really are there uh, to create a brighter tomorrow. Now, well, that's the complete Ten Commandments for Midlife Renewal. And please remember you can review all ten of them in far greater detail, plus a whole lot more, uh, an entire roadmap to midlife renewal in my acclaimed book, A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards. And you can preview and purchase it both in print version and on uh, in a Kindle version on Amazon. Or you can also go to barnesandnoble.com or through our website, middleagerenewal.com. And that's our program for this week. Tune in next week when my guest will suggest ways to find your true calling, your true vocation in life, something that will pay you to have a good time while you're serving others. And in the interim, don't forget, for oh so many reasons, middle age indeed can and should become your best age. Bye for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 